Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, Maria. Hi, Anna. <laughs> this is now what? Third time that we're recording together. We're going a bit longer in between the recordings, but the progress is ongoing and we're here today to share what has been going on for the last two plus weeks, huh? Yep. How has the project been for you? Interesting kind of, uh, I would say there's a little bit of a, we have some great meetings. There's a little bit of a slowdown though, but that's just because there's things that we just can't do here in Iceland because Iceland goes on vacation, which many, Switzerland, I guess, does the same thing around Christmas time. Uh, but so there's so many things shut or people on vacation, et cetera, during July that um, it's put a, you know, a little bit of a slowdown, but that's actually kind of one of the themes of the last sprint is slowing down mm -hmm. so um it's been productive insightful and also nicely slow even if we didn't want it to be <laughs> yeah it <laughs> which actually, is great you know as you say it's a good <laughs> reflection that it goes in line with what was the main topic of or the main takeaway for us from the conversations that we had in the past couple of weeks about slowing down going slow creating slow spaces having slow living there were recurring topics in Uh, the interviews we've been doing, even though we didn't guide in that direction, but whenever we would ask people, that was one of the things that would come up. So it was a very interesting trend. And here we are slowing down the project yeah. <laughs> by the nature of slowing down here in business in Iceland. So it's a fun coincidence, but maybe not a coincidence either. Yeah, the, the universe works in mysterious ways. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, for example, um, one of the founders that we spoke with When she was talking about in this kind of slow space, uh, that kind of thing, I think that I think that both of the people that we spoke with that specifically mentioned that specific four-letter word mm -hmm. brought up this idea that when you're obviously when you're running and going fast and you're trying to get everything done, you're missing out on cues, uh, signals, and opportunities that are right there in front of you, but you're literally going too fast. To see, you're blind mm. to all the things that could be, you know, have great potential. I like um, how you say the four-letter word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something horrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so, yeah, there's forced stops sometimes. I mean, you know, just imagine, I don't know, just because I love the metaphors, you know, uh, you were saying earlier that you were in a, got in a traffic jam in Portugal, or there was a traffic accident and you spent, what, an hour and a half? Mm like a 500 meter space or whatever but you know just in that hour and a half i'm sure it was frustrating but there you were looking out you know to the scenery of portugal around you and you know stop and smell the roses that kind of thing you know and i, I think that that's really when beautiful inspiration comes to us is when we're in those silent modes and those slow modes so yeah Yeah, definitely. That a moment when we were on the road with the family and it was a bit of a longer leg we tried to not drive too much with our toddler because it's a little fun <laughs> And there we knew that we needed to get further, cover more distance that day. And then on top of those three and a half hours, we suddenly were in that 
traffic jam for one and a half extra hours. And that was a reminder for me. You can plan as, as good as you want, but the universe does what it does. And it was not against me, against us as a family or anything like this. And unfortunately, there were people injured in that accident. So it's always a good exercise to just not do it all about yourself. Get out of that self-centered mode. Uh, remind yourself that you're not in control of everything. And it goes together with the episode that we released. I released just last week or today as we record this on Wednesday uh, about the circle of influence. So focusing on what you can actually do in your life out of those things that you're concerned about. So I think this is a good reminder of that. So some slowing down actually helps with that. And we talk about that with my daughter quite often when she's like, I'm bored. And we're like, it's good to be bored. Why? And then we just start explaining to her because that's where the good ideas come. That's what your brain actually don't get distractions and you can be creative or you can learn something new. You can observe things around yourself. And we don't give ourselves time and space for that nowadays. So for me, it was really beautiful to hear about those um, concepts of slow from several people we talked to. Yeah, definitely. I had something in my mind that I just lost from my mind. So I mean, I was going too slow. It just like slipped right past me. <laughs> kind of a hypnotic moment there. Yeah, the, the, and I think well, one of the uh, women that we spoke with, she was tying this into the founder's concept, had a very successful idea and product mm-hmm. and had a very impressive launch. I'm not sure if she was, you know, unicorned or not. I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact history her and her company, but uh, her and her co-founder, they were suddenly launched into not just success, but the corporate business world. And were basically, you know, kind of absorbed into like the, the big shark kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. If I remember all the details correctly, I think you might have mm-hmm. know a little bit more about the company, that kind of thing. Um, but suddenly there she was, even if she had wanted to, I'm, I'm you know, thinking even if she was the kind of person who you know, did her daily meditations and her walks and took time and did slow, maybe that was her core lifestyle, mm. being thrust into this corporate culture where it was kind of do or die kind of thing. Like you do, if you say no, then the whole thing's just dead in the water. Mm. If you say yes, then you're part of this massive global conglomerate or whatever. And you're just a part of this huge thing. And she actually found out that she was sidelined right like within that whole thing and so all of a sudden her baby wasn't even really her baby anymore because Mm -hmm. they'd been they you know said yes to but how could they even say no to the situation you want to have your baby and that's the thing like that's that's the difficult part of creating something that it takes a life of its own you as a parent are successful when your kid is not dependent on you but at the same time when you're just thrown out of the baby's life completely that's a tough Pillow to swallow. Pillow. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough pill to swallow. (laughs) I don't know, guys, how about you, but I swallow pillows every day. Every day, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that, so that forced her, you know, and, you know, among other things that created rifts, they were, you know, irreparable within the core, you know, situation. And, but her takeaway after all of that was, you know, like, what a wild... Like, you know, I felt like she described as a traumatic ride, although exhilarating at the same time, like a really intense roller coaster. And then being like kind of pushed out and that gave her the opportunity to work with younger people or newer founders, people with other ideas, and also go and travel the world and actually uh, have global conversations 
about the kind of future that she and many other people would like to see, which is not just sustainability, but I think, do you remember some more of the keywords? Yeah. There was like sustainability, but it was in, in action. It was, yeah. um, I can't remember the phrase I have written down somewhere. Well, I just want to make uh, make it clear here that if we have a permission of people whom we interview to mention their names, we do. Here, it's quite obvious that uh, the person asked to be confidential, and especially when it comes to big businesses that continue living and the person has burned out as the part of the success of the business, they usually want to stay confidential with sharing this deeper information with us just to not bring it back to the business to not hurt the business anyhow. Or sometimes it is a co-founder dynamic that has not been working out and they just do not want to bring it in the public light uh, to expose the other person because it's only this person signing up for the conversation with us, but not the other. Yeah. So it's important to mention why we're going, where we might be selecting some words and maybe filtering away some information that might guide you to the company, the industry, the person. Uh, we're just trying to be very respectful of the uh, person's privacy and their preference. Yeah, because we're not journalists. No. You know, we're not doing you know investigative stuff here. We're just trying to have conversations with people who are actually in this experience. And I'm sure that just that with this generalized information, that there's probably quite a few people that could either connect with it themselves mm-hmm. or know of a similar situation, whatever field of business or you know entrepreneurship uh, that we could possibly be talking about. So I think it's a very common story. And that slowness, that giving that kind of that space for slow gave this person the opportunity to go and actually do other things Mm -hmm. that had always been, you know, in her heart. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And this is something that we always have to discuss and clarify that going slow doesn't mean that you abandon your ambitions, you give up on your dreams or anything like this. It's more that you're going there in a steady more sustainable pace that you actually be able to hold much longer, thus getting much further. So I think this is an important uh, emphasis um, to to make here, or this asterisk to to kind of uh, bring here in the conversation that people who we talk to, they are ambitious, they are successful, they have been hurt through the journey of having success that didn't align with them, that didn't follow their own metrics maybe and what they're sharing right now is how they're going or redefining success how they're defining what are their metric systems to to be more sustainable with that and going slow is the answer for many of them mm-hmm. apparently and it's not about limiting how much you work necessarily to i don't know like two hours per day or something like this we're not talking this kind of slow that you just need to meditate for four hours uh, per day into sports for two hours a day and whatever it is uh, and stay away from work it's not about those kind of kind of limits it's it really depends on the person yeah, what kind sure. of yeah. limits and what the slow mean but really creating that space for yourself to go deeper into yourself to reflect on your days your your decisions your priorities for the business this is what the slowness is that we're talking about yeah yeah and i think um I'm not sure if it was Siri who talked to just about walking slow, for example, mm-hmm. instead of rushing or, you know, I don't know. There's, I, I don't know if it's, you know, me manifesting stuff, but I read sometimes something about like just believing that you're going to, you know, get a good parking spot. And I always just like go like you know, gently into the, into the, you know, parking lots where I'm going. And I just kind of like drive, you know, just chilling out. 
believing that I'm going to get the best possible parking spot for whatever needs to happen. And lo and behold, I usually do. But I think that's because I'm on, the, on a, another rhythm. And I think being on a faster rhythm, it just, uh, we're, we're not in sync. We're not in tune. And if so many people are at that same rhythm, then it's just chaos. It's just noise and chaos. And if you can walk just a little slower on your journey through yeah. life, like literally walk slower, then it's like the universe has a chance to catch up with you. I know that sounds very woo-woo, and that's, that maybe that's just me being a little, little, you know, old school, you know, hippy-dippy or whatever, but I really think there's something to it. I really think the magic does happen, like you said, not just when we, like, because, you know, who has the, not everybody has the, you know, the capacity or the the tolerance to sit and meditate for two hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's another breed of character, you know? People, some people like to be active all the time, but what kind of active are mm-hmm. you? Are you rushing to get to yoga? Mm-hmm. I think we even talked about this in the first episode or something mm-hmm. like that, but are you literally rushing to get to 90 minute yoga? Mm-hmm. Downward dog, you know, this kind of thing it just doesn't work out, you know? It so, defies the yeah. purpose of, of the activity. It defi- ex- exactly. It yeah. defeats the purpose of the whole defeats, thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So those are the what definitely uh, takeaways from uh, the the slow concept mm. to our interviewees. Yeah. Uh, what other thing that we discussed or what do I see that coming up is the founder co-founder dynamic and how important it is to be honest with yourself and actually listen to your gut um, about the partners that you engage in your business or invite into your business about people you start the company with and uh, how that can be uh, really very destructive for you as a person for your well-being but also for the company if it doesn't work and it goes to to the extreme so this is something that we've discussed on the podcast before uh, had an episode with Carla Stefansson about choosing your co-founders wisely and um, it's a topic that has been recurring and it has been popping up here as well how important it is to to pay attention to that and uh, I know how difficult it could be when you're passionate about getting there and you feel like this person, I need their expertise, for example. I've talked to the CEOs who have those problems, who don't have the guts to fire the person who is toxic to the team, who is really creating bad or contributing to the worsening of the culture and the spirit within the team. But the expertise is something that the founder feels like they really need at the moment in, in their business. So they feel like it's, it's a big loss if they lose their person and their expertise. Yet what I know from experience of other founders who have let go of those toxic people and the research that shows that actually it is a much bigger win for the company to let go of the person and, and have that gap in the expertise and the skills for some time until you can fill it somehow versus killing the the mood of all the people, maybe getting some of the other key people leaving the team because they cannot work with this person. Just everyone losing the motivation to to come with their initiatives and ideas and so on. So I think this is something that we also need to pay attention as founders, how people working together and how is that affecting you as well. If you catch yourself that there are some team members that you have some kind of stomach heavy stomach feelings before meeting this particular person 
um, that might be a sign for you that this might not be a good person for the team. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not about like just having yaysayers around you and like, okay, if Mari is questioning my ideas in a respectful and constructive way, so uh, and the heaviness is because that, I don't feel comfortable with that then it's more homework on my side to do, <laughs> to feel comfortable and actually be happy that people are there to bring their ideas openly and honestly to the table for the good of the business. But if that heavy st- stomach feeling is about that this person is bringing everyone else down because of their, for them to feel better about themselves or something like this, then it's a very important sign to look at. And that brought in some of the other aspects of toxicity in you know, just in, you know, being around a person who's literally toxifying themselves with substances mm-hmm. and substance abuse. And, you know, that's far too common, far too common in the business world, as everybody knows, who's listening to this podcast and who's seen any movies about, you know, entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera. That's, there was that danger of, you know, getting into the, the, you know, the alcohol or the heavier drugs. And, you know, that's at that point, that's um, obviously something that can't, it's not functional, it's not sustainable for any length of time in a, in a starting business any more than it's functional, sustainable when you're trying to raise a small child, especially in the first formative years where they're completely vulnerable and you can't have somebody who's literally physically toxic around a small child. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a same concept, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a good comparison. We continue discussing the education and how we can plug in our findings from uh, the project into the education of the young entrepreneurs here. So in the next uh, several weeks, I'm not sure we will manage all of that in the next sprint because of the vacation here. Yeah. Uh, but we have some uh, meetings lined up with the CEOs of the CEO of one of the biggest accelerators here in Iceland. Uh, we'll be talking to some people from their organizations uh, that provide support to people with mental health um, disorders and uh, the their relatives or uh, near people. So we'll see what resources they have. Can we do something with them as in collaboration to plug into their resource library? Uh, and also when people are coming back from vacation, we'll be talking to different professors at both universities here, or all three, because we're already reaching to Bifrost to see whether we could do some guest lectures in business, entrepreneurship, whatever programs or courses and the universities just to bring the topic up and, and give people some flavor, the students some flavor that this is one of the things to look at. It doesn't mean that you like, have to be worried about it from day one maybe, but just be aware that might be a risk and here are the things to look out for or and try to wrap it into the stories of other people just to make it somehow more relatable. So those are the things we're looking into and that will be the focus for the next two sprints, I would say. Yes. Plus seeing whether we could do some media collaborations as well to bring the topics to the broader public here, not only to the universities or startup accelerators, but also just the broader community about the findings or or what we have been doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also to promote Rani's yeah, yeah, exactly. And show, Shout and out to Rennie's, you know, kind of thing, yeah. that is a, the funder. So, just yeah. to show that this is something that uh, well, provides the possibility for students and companies to look at the common good uh, and how they can support society, and that we're trying to do it so that it uh, will create some assets or something that can live beyond the project that is sponsored by Rennie's, and yeah. that is the result of, of the government initiative. Absolutely. And I think just to kind of, I don't know how much 
we move. A bit of time. Okay. Uh, you know, with that education thing, which we've been kind of, uh, has been building up for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it quite a bit in the last uh, podcast. You know, I did some digging into, okay, if we're going to be looking into, which we've been recommended, it's been recommended to us to do is to kind of get in, you know, at the, at the start. So, you know, not just wait around until people are at their burnout stage, but this pre-education that we're talking about and embedding it somehow in the university conversations. Okay. In the different course. So what I did is I kind of sort of dig into, you know, who are these new people that are going to be, that are just entering mm-hmm. university now, or have just graduated, just starting to open their own companies, wanting to, and the next wave of, of kids, like your daughter's age, okay, you know, Maya, those are Gen Alpha, completely different creature, <laughs> right? And we have the, you know, the, the Gen Zs, who are, you know, replacing the millennials as the major kind of driving force in, I'd say, yeah, just in, in consumerism, this kind of thing, and influence and content creation and ideas and how do they think what are they looking at because you know i'm over here i'm literally smack in the middle of gen x okay so i'm like ancient okay and you're right there the very end of millennial and not quite a you know gen zer but you're almost there you're kind of at that that middle point where i'm I'm quite a millennial i would say yeah Um, yeah okay especially because in ukraine the development of a lot of things came a bit later so oh, right. okay. me being born in 89, I'm, I'm still quite a typical millennium. Okay. millennium and a lot of things also in things with the devices and digital and so on. When I got my first computer, we, when we got our home phone, which was, okay, it sounds like we lived in the stone age, but it was just a bit uh, special for my family. But yeah, like having my first phone in high school, uh, like mobile one yeah. and, and computer. So Millennial, I am. Definitely millennial, yeah. Because the Gen <laughs> Zers, they had them in their paws, you know. If not, like, in early, you know, grade school, then, like, literally before before birth, okay? But, yeah, so who are, who are these people that we would like to, you know, if we want to get in and have a conversation with these younger people, we need to understand their mindset. And, you know, I'm sitting on the university, you know, I went back, what, that came out wrong, it came out in Icelandic, Um <laughs> I went back to university, as I've mentioned. So I'm actually in a psychology department now. I just finished my first year with a bunch of 19-year-olds. And I'm definitely, you know, the, I'll just say the boomer in the class, because that's the phraseology that, you know, young people use for anybody who's over the age of 35 or 40. Who's old. He's old. I'm super old. So I'm actually in class and I'm, I'm working on, have been working on obviously group projects with some of these Gen Zers, my own kids are both in Gen Z age group. And yes, I'm a lot around around a lot of teenagers and young adults. And there are these kind of keywords that I found. There's some articles that I found, a Forbes article, um, something from Shopify that was about Gen Alpha. I found a few articles that are like, what is the the Gen Z and the Gen Alpha mindset? And these articles are specifically focused towards business people as like, how do you want to reach that audience? Reach that audience. Yeah. What do, how do they think? What do they want to see? What do they relate with? You know, this kind of thing. And so, you know, there's a lot of this kind of global thinking, um, sustainability, obviously, as in like global sustainability. And we could translate that, I was thinking, into something, you know, or, or it should be adopted also into like individual sustainability. How are you sustaining yourself? Not just 
sustainable packaging, mm-hmm. but literally a sustainable body, a body that will sustain and last over time, a mental state that is sustainable, you know, that will keep you, even if the, you know, the ups and downs in life, that will, you're keeping it healthy and, you know, well-fed so that, you know, you uh, can be a sustainable human being, okay? I like how you made an emphasis on finding the, wor- finding the words that might work uh, for or resonate with this audience which will be very helpful for us when or if we go into um, guest lecturing or anything like this or creating some resources aiming at the younger potential entrepreneurs. So words like adventure, ease, quality, fitness, comfort, transparency, and so on have been coming up in your research. And I like that that, uh, transparency, for example, is one of the words that came in our interviews as well. And it's both with the others and also with yourself. So... If that word is resonating with the younger uh, generations, we could actually use it and, and explain how you can nurture those concepts in yourself while entering this entrepreneurship chapter of your life and uh, how the importance of that for you in your general kind of overall life uh, can be translated into this part of your life when you are building something new from scratch. So uh, that was a valuable part of the research that you've done this uh, this sprint that we'll definitely use if we go into the educational institutions yeah i think there's um you know so it's a good angle to remember that we're who we're trying to reach mm. you know at this point and what we can do to help them because you know it's a, it's not just like demanding that companies be transparent or companies be sustainable or companies be fair are you doing it to yourself are you being transparent with yourself not just being splashing your feelings all over the internets. There's that kind of transparency, which is almost like a glassy kind of, yeah, it's kind of, I, it makes me feel like something kind of glassy transparency. But mm. I think what we're talking about is like, are you having a conversation with yourself? Are you, under, are you being able to be softly transparent with the people around you and with yourself and know when things need to maybe take a different track or something like that? So. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to to dig into that a little bit more and see what these people that we'll be speaking with in the next few weeks uh, have to say, because they're coming from different angles. One coming from, like you said, the the mental health uh, support uh, group here, one of them, one of the biggest ones, uh, then a VC, mm-hmm. right? And then someone who's been there, done that, the mm-hmm. old wise granddaddy of, you know, having started a company, a global company, and then face burnout. So three totally different angles on the same topic. I think it'll be really, really interesting to see. And then, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, just remember that we, uh, I think we didn't write about it in the sprint um, uh, summary, but we talked to Christina from Via360 organization uh, in the UK, um, which uh, you, you found the organization while doing the research in the first sprint. So we talked to Christina, who is the co-founder of it, and it was also a very interesting uh, conversation because they are focusing on creating those coach-led uh, groups for founders, small groups where they can really find the support to reach their full potential in a sustainable way. Uh, so it's all about the well-being of the founders. But she was also talking when we're trying to reach out to a new audience. So we're, we're not coming through the well-being aspect of it. And that goes together with what Hoke was saying in the previous sprint when we talked to him about that he always mentions that he had challenges with the burnout in his conversations whenever he's doing some public speaking, but it's never the focus of the whole 
the speech of hers or a lecture of his. Because then it would be a lecture. Yes. As opposed to being a conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that we see now from the, we've got it confirmed from the other side of the pond, <laughs> across the half the pond, <laughs> uh, an organization that actually works with that specifically, but they still say that uh, if you say that you are some kind of well mental health or well-being support for founders, you uh, maybe scare off some big portion of people who would need your support and actually be open to it. But if you come at it from some, um, sort of side angle in the beginning to build the trust and uh, and open them up. So I think this was a very interesting part uh, for me to to hear confirmed uh, from someone who who is actually focusing on that. All right, I think we wrapped or like we talked about most of the things that we have discussed um, yeah. and also what we're planning to do in the next uh, several weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm taking. Um, Four or five days off next week, going to Belgium for a We go slow. Nope. Yeah, we'll see how <laughs> well. My daughter is not a big runner unless she's, she can walk really well and really long, but she needs to be interested in that. Yeah. And yeah. if she's not interested, we're going at a turtle pace. So <laughs> we'll see. It depends on her. She's steering the pace next week. But it will be good to just get away together as a family, get into a different environment and chill. So uh, you will continue working on the research, and yep. especially because we, we have those two conversations Friday, Friday and Monday before I go. So yep. we'll have enough of input to continue going <laughs> on. Yeah, we'll have enough to, I'll have enough to ponder. Mm-hmm. As uh, one of the, just city, one of the, the, the author that we, and uh, TV personality that we spoke with mentioned, she loves to sleep. Mm-hmm. I also love to sleep. Mm-hmm. And she says she spends... You know, she may be laying in bed while her husband's going to going off to the gym in the morning, whatever. And she's not being lazy. Mm. She's pondering what she's going to be, you know, she's pondering ideas because she says she always pretty much has at least, you know, has, one, you know, a book in progress. That's mm. kind of one of the things she does. And then when she's ready, she gets out of bed, has her cup of coffee and sits down and writes. Mm. And I love that idea. That's yeah. half of the, you know, Half of the process is feeling like it's okay to just be thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we don't always have to be, you know, doing clacking away at the at the typewriter or <laughs> moving papers around or whatever we do. You know, we can also just literally think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's that slow thing. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do next week after mm-hmm. our interviews and the research. On we get yeah. in bed or while gardening. Uh, probably in my garden. Probably yeah. in my garden. Yeah. 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 And this is something that we highly encourage you to to do, genius leaders, uh, to take the time off your work time to ponder, to just go out in the woods. Or here in Iceland, what I love to do is just go to the pool because mobile phones are not allowed and you're there in the water, in the fresh air, just being with yourself for hour. Sometimes I'm there three hours in the water just because it's so lovely here in Iceland. And that is the beautiful time to get productive afterwards. I mean, this is the prerequisite for being productive afterwards because you get, you you let your mind process everything that is going on, put it into some shelves, categorize the information so that you can be creative because creativity is about marrying those ideas that already exist and concepts from different areas of your life, from different industries, whatever it is. And this is what happens in those times off quote unquote, when you're not productive typing away, <laughs> but actually letting your mind um, build some neural connections there 
that uh, that lead to something new yeah. and beautiful. Straight up. Well said. Great. So, Genius Leaders, talk to you in a Sprint 4 um, summary uh, in a couple of weeks. And until then, just take care of yourself. Find the time in your calendar to take care of yourself and be productive in the background while, quote-unquote, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything. <laughs>